Next on BYU Sports Nation, attitude reflects leadership, Cap. Who are the much-needed leaders for BYU football in 2018? Situation critical. College football watch list season continues, and guess what? A Cougar has made the cut. Plus, a Batcat in AAA has an all-star night, and Major League pitcher Taylor Cole back on the show. I can feel his halo. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, July 18th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with elite discount specialist Jason Shepard. I have literally spent the last three minutes on uh, the BYU Store's website, apparently, and I guess I'm risking even bringing this up, that people are going to take some of the stuff I want, but I feel I need to pass this along. (laughs) Like today and tomorrow, there's like a Christmas in July special going on. I've been spending the last three or four minutes looking at all of these things from the BYU store that uh, that I'm going to probably try and go get after the show today. Because you don't have enough BYU stuff already. It is true. But look, some of those deals, they're crazy good, Spencer. But do you need it, Jason? I don't need half the stuff I have. <laughs> you know what? Let me correct that. I don't need most of the stuff I have. You want the stuff that you have, right? <laughs> yeah. And if it comes at a discount, cha-ching. 75% off. Too 50, much to avoid. 50 to 75% off on stuff uh, on certain items over at the BYU store today Must and tomorrow. Must have great deal. So I'll see you after the show, everyone. <laughs> What size do you wear, Jason? Leave, leave, yeah, the, just leave Jason's the, sizes. Just leave the larges alone if you can. Please, thank oh, you. Oh, Jason Shepard, your discount <laughs> deal specialist on BYU Sports Nation. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I've got a blue light special for you, Jason. 24 well hours ago, we spoke with one of the all-time great leaders in BYU football history, by his example on the field, in practice, in discipline, in the weight room, and in the classroom. Linebacker Shea Muirbrook, star in the mid-90s, pointed out to us that the reason BYU football as a program took a major leap from 1995, 7-4 record, no bowl game, to a 14-1 and mark, a number 5 national ranking, a Cotton Bowl win, and an unforgettable 1996 BYU football season. He said the key word was leadership and then pointed to all 22 guys, if not more, on the field that had the attitude of, I belong here, and there's nothing you can do about it. There was competition within the team. It was high level, and the guys that were on the field felt like, Okay, I won my position against a bunch of other really capable players, and us collectively as a group, we believe there is not a team in the country that can beat us. It was next-level swagger and confidence stemming from leadership. Not one guy, but as Shane Yerberg pointed out, basically every guy on the field holding each other accountable and all stepping up in leadership roles. Where is that now? 
And Jason, what role will player leadership play into hopeful success for BYU football in the 2018 season? Look, I think it will play a major role. And I look at leadership in, in these terms. When you have it, I'm not necessarily sure that it jumps out and hits you in the face. Like, it may not necessarily be obvious, but when you don't have it, it is obvious. It, it's, you can tell that something is missing. Coaches in any sport can certainly be leaders. There's no question about it. It's the position that they're in where they, they are leaders. So coaches certainly play that role. They can't go but, on the field that, and yes, make the play. But that only goes so far. Players, teammates, guys that you are on the field going to battle with, having one of them or multiple players who are on the field with you in the trenches being leaders, that can have a huge impact. If BYU is going to exceed expectations, and let's set the expectation mark right at six games, getting to a bowl game. If BYU is to go beyond that and win seven or eight games, I don't know how much of a role leadership will play. It's more like leadership has to play a major role. If BYU doesn't have leadership on the field this year, a la what we saw in 2017, things will not go well. And there were a number of factors that played into it. ton of youth on the field. When you have four different main starting quarterbacks, how can you really buy into one of those quarterbacks being the leader? You're switching game plans and skill sets basically every week with your quarterback. That's really hard to overcome. Also, when you lose a bunch of games... It's hard to motivate guys, even if you are a leader and you are a motivator. If you're looking around and your team's 2-8, and eight, what do you do? Winning breeds success and confidence and leaderships get louder and more relevant when you find success. It's also something to think about, specifically from last year. It's very difficult. Now, not impossible, but there, there are certainly limitations to leaders who are injured. And what did we see a lot of last year? A lot of injuries. Again, the quarterback position. I mean, but it, but it, it goes beyond that. Just you, even though you're still around the team, if you're not able to participate in doing those things, there, there is a limit to, I think, the leadership that you can, can bring. And with so many injuries last year, that affected a lot of different people. There were a couple of things that came to mind this morning in terms of specific examples. I remember playing bocce ball with John Beck and Daniel Coates and some other members of the BYU football team in 2005, leading into the 2006 season. Mm -hmm. BYU would come off their first bowl game in four years. They went to the Vegas Bowl, lost to Cal. But Daniel and I played high school basketball together, and I remember joking with Daniel Coates about, hey, when are you going to come play church ball with us? And John Beck chimed in from across the way, and he said, uh, never, because we need him to be healthy for the season. And he was dead serious. And I was like, you know, he's got a point there. And I appreciated in that moment John Beck's willingness to just say what's on his mind. Like, no, I, I need him healthy. Seriously, I, you cannot play basketball. And John earned that. You, you, he, can't, you he, can't do that. Yes. I thought, wow, okay. I'm looking for those types of moments. And we'll get into some more moments that I have seen recently, including from some guys on this year's roster very memorable moments where they did take a leadership role. I want that back. We'll have a discussion about that a little bit later. On Monday, Blaine Fowler joined us, and this topic actually came up, the topic of leadership. And Blaine actually believes that there's a clear leader already, and he thinks his name is Dylan Colley. 
the leadership role that he plays right now, I mean, he, he immediately commands respect. In fact, this is how Blaine believes his leadership skills are already paying off for the receivers. He is unbelievably disciplined in his approach to the way he prepares, and that is already rubbing off on the other wide receivers. The way he prepares, he is full go every single minute. Hearing Blaine talk about the attributes that Dylan Colley is bringing and the attitude, it surprises me not at all. Like that, that sounds like what Dylan and a Collie would bring to this team. Yeah, I just That's went what through the th- list of attributes, right? A list of attributes that Shane Muirbrook brought to the table. Sound familiar when yeah. Blaine Fowler's talking Absolutely. about Dylan Colley? He commands respect, discipline, and he is experienced. Okay? Like it's not a. Super hard math equation. You can figure this out. It's a matter of those guys stepping up in that role. And Dylan Colley clearly has taken that role and he's running with it. Okay, so with that in mind, with this current team, the team that will start training camp or fall camp, excuse me, in two weeks, who's in place to be the leaders on this year's team? Okay, so the question right now after we just talked about Dylan Colley is who's going to join Dylan Colley? Yeah, who else besides Dylan? As a potential leader. I'm looking for motivators. I'm looking for guys that can deliver consistently, day in and day out. Consistency is crucial. I look at the linebacker core, a couple of guys. And I know some of you are thinking, hey, what about Butch Powell? I don't, I don't know where Butch lies in terms of his ability to lead this BYU team because he's dealt with injuries and he's had some other issues, right? What about Zane Anderson, who I think from top to bottom – is probably the most versatile athlete on the defensive side of the ball. He's fast. He's strong. They asked him to do a really hard thing and gain weight to go be a linebacker and take over for Fred Warner's position. I think Zane Anderson is a guy. Also, Matt Hadley. You know, talk about experience and a guy who has been through the ringer and injuries, and this is his last go, and he knows it. Matt Hadley is a guy I really think needs to step up. And then, I don't know. That quarterback position is always uh, one to target. Yeah, that's that's where I want to go. I'm I'm not going to mention a specific name. I'm I'm going to go right there because this I, I feel very strongly about this. The answer to this question for me is whoever the starting quarterback is. It's as simple as that for me. It is the highest profile position in all of sports. It does not get any bigger than the starting quarterback of a football team. And I'm not aware, there, there are very few successful football teams that I'm aware of where the quarterback isn't a leader. I think it has to be whoever the starter is. If it's Tanner, if it's Joe, if it's Bo, if it's Zach, whoever it is, the quarterback has to be a leader. Why wasn't that the case last year? Injuries, losing, questioning, those have got to go away. Those have got to go away. Oh, it's funny that you bring up the topic of starting quarterback, Jason, Mm. because yesterday BYU football had their official BYU football photo day and tweeted out pictures, including one Joe Critchlow with all members of the offensive line standing behind him. For 45 minutes, that's out there floating on Twitter (laughs) under the BYU football can. I'm starting to see tweets like, what does it mean? Is, does this mean Joe Critchlow is the starting quarterback? And then after 45 minutes of that, we saw a picture of Tanner Mangum 
in front of the entire offensive line, to which people responded, okay, maybe Tanner's the guy. Or does the order of how those pictures were Mm -hmm. sent out mean something? Is Joe the starter and Tanner's the backup? Clearly, Jason, BYU football was sending a message to all fans (laughs) through these pictures that they are announcing not officially the starting rotation of the quarterbacks. <laughs> what does the order of the photos mean, Look, Jason? It was so much fun yesterday reading into every single thing and taking all of the different angles on what could that mean. As you mentioned, with Joe's picture coming, does that mean he's the starter? And with Critchlow and Mangum, the only two QBs that had their photos put out individually. Oh, so does that snap. mean Does that mean they're the only two that are involved? I mean... Ultimately, what does it mean? It means nothing. It means that it was photo day, and that just happened to be the order that they tweeted out. But it was certainly fun to have fun with it. On Instagram, we saw pictures from Tanner Mangum and Bo Hodge saying the four quarterbacks with Zach Wilson involved. You know what was so interesting about that? All the quarterbacks tweeted out the same photo. Same exact picture. It was the exact same picture. Did they do that because they saw what was happening on Twitter? I, I, I don't, don't know. Like, who? I want to know who took that picture. That all of them like, <laughs> like that picture is. So, we're just all going to use it. I love it. One, it was July seventeenth, and people are so hungry for yeah. football yeah. that a picture <laughs> like that, which is innocent by all means, it's just an innocent picture from BFL. Like hype, yeah, it's cool. We're taking pictures today. Is Joe, is Joe Critchell the starter? Like, you can't, you know, one, regardless, even if you put them all in one tweet, one pitcher is still going to show up first. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it was so much fun just to see all the <laughs> speculation when it meant absolutely nothing. Shout out to the BYU football social media team for uh, <laughs> getting the timeline lit on yeah. July 17th. Hey, speaking of timelines, uh, the Big 12, BYU's future conference, stop it, held its annual media days this week. Among all of the newsworthy items to come out, and yes, that is sarcasm, uh, one of the conference's slogans... Oh, wait, they have a slogan? <laughs> one of the conference slogans for the season was revealed. There was a banner that was tweeted out that read, quote, hardest path... To the college football playoff. Well done, Big 12. Well done. Not quite sure why you're, you're putting that out there, but good for you. Uh, what's your reaction to the hardest path Big 12 slogan? Uh, yes, as Land Grant Gauntlet pointed out so wisely about this sign of hardest path to the college football playoff, they said, not sure they're wrong, speaking of the Big 12, but I'm not sure that's a good thing. This is the conference that complained and worried and fretted and toyed with expansion and had the whole dog and pony show because they wanted to get to a championship game and not be left out. And they've been left out a couple of years because or with the new college football playoff in place. Now they're touting the thing that is their probable demise of not getting in. They're asking for trouble. They're asking for it. If you're making the two best teams play each other twice in a season, let's say one of those teams is a clear favorite to get into the college football playoff. For example, Oklahoma last year. What if Oklahoma had lost in the Big 12 championship game? Uh, Does the Big 12 get left out again? It's not a good thing to have the hardest path to the college football playoff. Like, why, Why would you be like, look at us. We have the... Least or least likelihood of making the college football playoff. That's what they're saying in a roundabout way. Look, as a future member of the Big 12, I've taken it upon myself to, because I, I believe really what's happened is this was just part of the slogan. 
I've actually finished it for them. I've got a couple of different ideas. You ready for these? Okay. Okay. Uh, I believe what it meant to say was hardest path to the college football playoff dot, dot, dot by choice. (laughs) And then I've also come up with this one. Uh, Hardest path to the college football playoff dot, 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 but it didn't have to be that way. Awesome. Hey, there are several roads that lead to the good place, right? Whether it be heaven or... It's also a good TV show, by the okay. way. The good place. Se- several roads lead there. The Big 12 has chosen the hardest road. <laughs> We're taking the hard road to the top. It's the road less traveled, Spencer. Uh, and, and the chances are that you make it through the hard road or the hardest road, not as good as others. It's not always good to take the hardest road. Like what? Why? Why are you touting the thing that has been potentially your demise that had people saying the Big 12 might fold? Just to add two more teams, one of them's BYU, so that number one, I can get some sleep, and number two, that it will not be the hardest path. Oh, shout out to Bobby Bowlesby. Our question <laughs> of the day Who will be the leader on the BYU football team this season? Or should I say leaders? We'll leave it up to you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Gplant2, in on Instagram, Sione Takitaki, he is a beast. Back at linebacker, Yes. keep in mind. Yes. He will be able to lead the defense on that side of the ball. His ability to read the run and make plays will be huge. Yes, he is a guy that to this day has been more of a leader in his play and in his big playmaking ability. And I feel like that will be more in play because of him going back to his natural position of linebacker. But I don't know that Sione is the vocal guy or the guy that is outwardly holding people accountable. There are some attributes there. BYU needs guys with a bunch of those leadership attributes. In fact, I think we should discuss all of those specifics coming up, and we will do that with specific examples of what we have seen on the sidelines. At Crispy Nick on Twitter, best if multiple guys step up on both sides of the ball and take united ownership of that role on offense, starting quarterback, plus starting center, plus a senior like Dylan Colley on the defensive side, Corbin, plus Sione, plus Butch. Those guys have to set the tone and the tempo. All right. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. Coming up, we talked to former Cougar and Major Leaguer Taylor Cole. What qualities do you want in a leader? Specific to BYU football is the topic of the day. And what happened during the 2015 BYU-Nebraska manga miracle that had nothing to do with the actual pass or play on the field? What happened on the sidelines that probably made everything work better. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is back on August 7th on BYU TV. Dave Blaine, David, and Brian return each Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time through the football season. It all starts Tuesday, August 7th. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always open for all y'all on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you would like to converse with us. Answer this, our question of the day. Who will be the leader? Or will be the leaders on the BYU football team this season. At Twiggy or Stone in on Twitter. 
Normally, I wouldn't be too sure about this, but after listening to Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, I think it will be Dylan Colley. He's an experienced player that has good production. He can use that experience to build up the team. Blaine also pointed out he brings consistency and discipline. Discipline, folks. If you are consistent in all aspects, classroom, weight room, practice, games, then you will demand attention and respect. This is, this is something we're actually going to have uh, Riley Nelson on the show tomorrow. And this is a question that I'm going to ask him. And it, and it goes to the question of leaders. Do you believe that leaders, you, can you turn yourself into a leader or do you either have it or you don't? I think that's an interesting question. And I, I, I think that's something that I, I, I tend to think you either are or you aren't. Where do you fall on that? It's hard to force somebody to step into that role, yeah. right? It's like it, if you have those attributes, then you do. Very seldom have I seen a guy develop when he's been quiet and kind of to himself and an introvert into like this outgoing, crazy motivator. Like that is certainly the exception. But I think there are enough personalities and enough people within a football team that has a hundred plus guys. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. That there are a few that might feel hesitant because I'm too young or I don't feel like I'm enough of a contributor. You know what? You've got to come out of your comfort zone. If you have those natural, innate abilities to lead and motivate and lift up and be optimistic and those things, then run with it. Eventually, people will start to listen. Do your part. Be consistent. Be disciplined. And then take those natural, innate tendencies that you have to want to lift and motivate and lead and run with it. If you feel uncomfortable at first, fine, but step out of your shell. BYU is in desperate need of those guys. It can't be just one. It's got to be multiple guys doing that. It's, it's, it's interesting that we, had, we talked with Blaine on Monday, obviously, and, and leadership came up. And then it came up again yesterday when we were talking with Shane Muirbrook. To get to leadership, you're going to need some of these players to step forward and, and maybe come out of their shell. And be a little bit vocal. You got to hold your teammates accountable, and 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 you got to hold yourself accountable. So, I mean, we've talked about qualities. I mean, we mentioned this earlier. There, there is a set of qualities or attributes that, if you look at the at the great leaders, most of them have similar attributes. So, what are those? Well, again, the accountability factor is very real, and that doesn't mean you have to be. Super negative right. or come down with a fist or a hammer. and I mean, sometimes you need to do that. But you can do that and not make somebody feel like they're the scum of the earth. Yeah, It's a very unique skill to be able to look somebody in the eye, show frustration and disappointment, and be like, come on, let's go. You're better than this. Yes. You can do this. Yes, to be able to criticize someone with good intentions and have them take it as you're trying to help them to get better and not just criticizing them to criticize them. That is a skill. Yeah. And and again, there are hard, heavy handed moments. There's a a story about Jim McMahon when he was playing quarterback in 1981. Uh, And I'm not going to mention the receiver's name, but he dropped a couple of passes and he came back to the huddle and Jim McMahon looked at him and said, get off the field. And he said, what? And he said, get off the field. You're not catching the ball. Get off the field. 
And so he ran over to the sideline, and the coach is like, what are you doing? He's like, Jim told me to get off the field. And the coaches just kind of smirked themselves, and they sent somebody else in. Who's, who can do that? Yeah. Who, can, who demands that type of respect? Like, I, the receiver in that moment's like, Jim McMahon's telling me to get off the field, and I'm going to adhere to what he is saying. Yeah. Okay, I'm leaving the field. Like, again, I'm not talking about that, I don't know, that much of a dramatic event, but somebody that's not afraid to do something like that. Well, and, and sometimes it, it doesn't always have to be the guy that yells or gets in people's face. Certainly, you, there, you need to have some guys. There needs to be that type of voice on a team, but there are also the guys that are going to let their play on the field be the example, that they're going to lead on the field by their work ethic to show guys how things are done. And there's countless Example, Fred Warner, just the most recent, Fred Warner is exactly one of those guys that, that led by example on the field. Look at what he did, his work ethic, what he put but into But he it. wasn't vocal, so people don't point to him as, ah, yes, natural-born yes, leader. But, but yes, and, and I would agree with that, but I think that there are different ways that you can be a leader. And I think that plays into your, uh, your, your comment a moment ago that there's with a roster having that many players on it, you're going to have guys on there who, let's be honest, aren't going to be leaders. They're just not. There's, there's just going to be guys that aren't leaders. You're going to have some leaders who are going to be the vocal leaders. You're going to have some leaders that are going to be the ones that will do it on the field and, and will show it by example. That's the beauty of having that many guys on a team and, and kind of melding all that together to get what you want for success. But my point is, when that all comes together, when you have a vocal leader who is consistent and produces yes. and can do it all, then you have something magical. Then you have a Cameron Jensen. Then you have a Brandon Doman. Then you have a Max Hall who is walking off the field at Jerry's World in 2009 against Oklahoma saying, we're going to win. We're going to win. In that moment, I believed Max Hall 100%. Yep, BYU is going to beat Oklahoma tonight. That will happen. And guess what? It did. He delivered. BYU needs that type of mentality. Somebody who is not just disciplined and consistent and a good player, but they can back it up with vocal leadership. And most recently, and I have been scrolling through this uh, during the commercial break, I found a clip on Inside BYU Football from 2015. This is episode number two, chronicling the dramatic Nebraska game. And uh, work with me, camera operators here. Okay, Tanner Mangum on the sideline. And it's not that big of a deal, but he's walk he's the freshman that's off of his mission like two months. Okay? And he's going around, he's in the huddle, he's saying, Let's go, let's go, let's go. Do you think those guys believed after he hit Nick Kurtz on fourth and seven down the sideline and he had to dive three yards for a first down and then came over and they, they kicked a field goal and they stayed within striking distance? It's like Okay, we, we, believe, we believe this guy. Tanner Mangum showed that he can do this. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened along the way that kind of made him uh, be less confident or take a step back. I don't, I don't know what the series of events that were led to that. Only he could tell you that. But he is capable, Jason. He well, there's no question. He has shown me. He has shown me that he can be the vocal leader and he can be the leader that plays well on the field. He can be that guy. I saw it in his first game. Yeah. Well, and that's why I was so adamant about 
whoever the starter is, he has to be one of your leaders. He has to be the guy that is comfortable getting in people's faces when they need to, you know, be told that what they're doing is is not right. Here's the other part about that, though. We're talking about all these leaders that are willing to say something to other people. They also have to hold themselves accountable. That that You can't be the guy that's always telling everybody else what to do. You, you got to be willing, and I think that's a quality of a leader. If, if you make a mistake, own up to it. Own it, but then you got to take some risks too. Yes, agreed, but you, but you can't always be the guy, and I'm not saying this is what's happening. I'm just saying that's part of it. You can't always be the guy that's telling everybody else how to do their, their job better. You got to be willing to accept that as well. You earn the respect by delivering and putting your money where your mouth is, okay? You earn the respect by players seeing like, okay, he's a good player. He is where he needs to be all the time. He knows the playbook. He is disciplined. He's a good student. He does all of these things. And then if he comes to you and says, hey, I noticed something. Like, it would really help you if you did this or if you moved this way or if you, try, if you tried this schematic move. Or, you're going to listen more because the money has been put where it needs to be. Like, their, their words are validated because they do it. Yes, I agree 100%. You know, you can't tell somebody to do something that you don't do. Yeah. Go do this. You need to do this. Well, you don't do it. Uh, you're right. <laughs> it's like no bearing. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like when, uh, when you have little kids, you know, you give them like a little, a little swat, you know, or something, you know, and you're like, but then when they, you're like, don't hit. And then you spank them to say, don't hit. And it's like. Uh, but you, you, huh? What? Huh? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not validated unless the evidence and the proof is already there and it has been earned through the consistency. I feel like I'm a broken record, but that that's what I want to see. That's what BYU needs so desperately. Tanner Mangum has been that guy before, Jason. It was his role. It was easy for him to do that. He comes in against East Carolina. BYU's down. He had pulled his groin earlier in the game. Bo Hodge was struggling. They throw him back in the game. He's hobbled, and he's not able to move around that well. But every fan in that stadium and every BYU fan watching the game thought, it's going to be fine. BYU's going to win this game. And guess what? They did. He scored, let a game-winning touchdown drive, scored with under a minute to play. Where's that? Let's bring that back. Coming up... He's a former BYU pitcher. He now pitches in the majors with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Taylor Cole will join us coming up. Ah, yes. And more of your responses to who are going to be the leaders on this BYU football team. You've heard what we think about attributes, specific examples. Who are the guys for the Cougars in 2018? They're going to help them turn the corner. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling. BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere, and now present today's BYUSN headlines. Wouldn't you know it, one day after we pointed out that no BYU Cougars had made a preseason award watch list, a BYU Cougar makes a preseason award watch list. That being of the Doak Walker Award. Announced today, and BYU Squally Canada, one of 62 running backs to be nominated. This is Squally Canada's first time being listed on a major preseason award watch list. Ran for over 700 yards, had that breakout game against UNLV, ran for over 100 against Hawaii, and helped his numbers climb enough to get noticed. Tanner Mangum was also named to an award watch list, but 
for the All-State and AFCA, including him in their 2018 Good Works team. Being a good person out the field, good student, good person in the community. Uh, does that count as a preseason award watch list? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's not one of the 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 ones, you know, like for the different positions, but um, that's a pretty good one to be on. I'll take oh, that. No, no question. Yeah. No question. Uh, Bronson Kafusi and Kinda Kua report to Baltimore Ravens training camp today. The former Cougars, along with the rest of the Ravens veterans, joined the team's rookies who reported to camp last week. Now, according to BaltimoreRavens.com, neither player is guaranteed a roster spot and will have to earn a spot on the team in camp. Bronson Kafusi will be on the roster. I would be very shocked if he is not. Kinda Kua played in every game last year for the Cleveland Browns as a rookie. They drafted in a way that they didn't need him anymore. Now he's in Baltimore, but don't doubt Kainakua. I mean, the dude just makes plays defensively. So yeah, he just I can't intercepts wait. passes. I can't wait for the reports to come out of Ravens camp of uh, newcomer Kainakua intercepted Joe Flacco or Ravens second, third string quarterback two times today. Like that, that's going to happen. So just prepare yourself. Adam Law had an all-star night in AAA baseball, Jason. Four for five, including two doubles and a three-run home run. And the Tacoma Rainiers 10-9 loss to the Reno Aces. Any skunks in the outfield? Nope, not that I know of. This was Law's first four-hit game since August of 2016. He's now 6-10 of with five runs batted and three runs scored through the first two games of this four-game series against Reno. Well done, Adam. And Jacob Brugman went 2-5 for with a solo home run in the Bowie Bay Sox 7-5 win over the Altoona Curve. Brugman is 5 for 12 with four runs scored and two solo home runs since returning from the disabled. Trivia question. Do you know where Altoona is? Pennsylvania. Yes. Mm -hmm. Near Penn State University, as a matter of fact. There is a news market there. The only reason I really know that is because usually when someone will mock Larry King and how he goes to all the different cities, you know, he's like, Altoona, hello. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, they use Altoona as the... The example. That is the only reason, and that's very sad. It's the only reason I know that's in Pennsylvania. Now, when you said that, instead of thinking about Larry King, I was thinking about (laughs) Mel Dorado from the Cars series, who plays the Larry King type character. He has the call-in talk show. Mm -hmm. This is the Mel Dorado show. Let's go to Radiator Springs. (laughs) Radiator Springs, hello. <laughs> totally. Yes. Wearing thank suspenders. You. Thank you for yeah. taking me back to the land of cars hey, and Disney. You can't say there's not a tie-in with Larry King. The man has been to quite a few BYU football games. Yes, he has. So I mean it's not like we're we're deviating too much here. Ah, uh, the Brett Engeman angle. Yes. Oh, that was a quarterback quandary. And BYU football finds themselves in a quarterback quandary of sorts, leading up to game number one. Countdown to the Wildcats. 45 days. 45 days away. Six and a half weeks. Not until practice starts, but an actual game. Spring, not so spring, fall practice, mm-hmm. fall camp opens in less than two weeks. It is, uh, it's awesome. Not less than two weeks. Oh, let's we go. have almost made it through the offseason. <laughs> The doldrums. By the way, this is like the only day of the calendar year where there are no major sporting events in the United States. I know the Tour de France is still going on, right? I I don't know. But other than that, like what what's happening? There's no there's no major American League sport happening right now. It's the worst sports day of the entire year because there is nothing. Which is why they do the ESPYs on this night. Mm. Well played. Hey, look. 
you get all the attention. There's no question about that. Somebody that's <laughs> wanting a, their sports fix, they got to turn into the ESPYs. Our question of the day, who will be the leader on the BYU football team this season? Nathan Crook on Facebook. I think the two biggest leaders will be Tanner Mangum and also Dylan Colley. They both have a ton of experience, and I think they will give a great role model to the younger guys. Dylan Colley apparently is already doing that and has embraced the alpha male role from what Blaine Fowler is telling us. And they need it. Oh, man, does BYU need it. At Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter, Jason. Uh, yeah, assuming you're talking about one person who may or may not necessarily be a team captain, I'm betting, hashtag betting is wrong. Thank you, Colonel. That Sione Takitaki will be one of those leaders. Not only can he be vocal, he can back it up with his on-the-field play. Yeah, I want Sione to be vocal. I want him to be more of a vocal leader because he does have the capability in his playmaking, but can he be consistent and vocal? Let's go. Let's do it. Can he be the guy? I'd love for that to happen. Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, we will let you know once again which BYU Cougar is on a preseason watch list. And the major league pitcher who got his second call up, but this time within a different organization, Taylor Cole will join us. What was different about the second time around compared to the Blue Jays now that he's with the Halos? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Uh, Use BYUSN as the hashtag anytime you want to converse with the show. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights, including tonight on BYU TV starting sharply at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, who will be the leader on this BYU football team this season? Tammy Greenwood chimes in on Facebook. I believe and hope it'll be Tanner Mangum. It all comes down to experience to me. With the schedule BYU has, I think you need to have someone who's used to playing under that kind of pressure. Is this the right system for Tanner Mangum? I think it's the Matt Castle effect, Jason Shepard, and I think I may have shared this with you. Matt Castle, given the right coaches, Mm -hmm. the right system, the right backing, he was incredible in New England, right? Correct. Took over for Tom Brady when Tom tore his ACL in week number one. It was this brutal injury, and all Patriots fans were like, no, all hope is lost. Matt Castle came in, did a fantastic job. Got himself a lot of money, went to Kansas City, Mm, different scheme. bring that up. Different people, didn't work out. Is this the right scheme for Tanner Mangum with Jeff Grimes as the offense coordinator? It's going to play a huge role. If it is, watch out. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Major League Baseball pitcher for the second go-around with a second team, Taylor Cole. Taylor, great to have you back on the show. I'm glad to be here. Okay, explain to us what it's like to get the call-up for a second time, this time to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, when you compare and contrast to how that was with the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, I mean, it was awesome in the sense that you know, you always want to get back to the big leagues to play at the highest level. Uh, it's something that, you know, I've worked towards for a long time. And um, that first go around, I was only able to pitch in one game for uh, parts of two innings. I think it was one inning total, actually, uh, on paper. And, uh, you know, it didn't go great. So for me uh, to come back and, and just learn from that first experience and to, um, you know, have some success while, you know, this second go around has been awesome. At least you struck out Aaron Judge, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, 
I literally just played catch with two high school kids, and they're like, hey, Aaron Judge works out right there, and there's this facility in right field here in California uh, in the Oxnard area. And I was like, hey, guys, listen, Aaron Judge was my first strikeout. <laughs> I said, we won't talk about the rest of the outing, but uh, at least I got that. And everybody's so nice because that's what they want to bring up is, is the strikeout. Hey, you know, the oh, you guys are just so nice, you know. You didn't bring up anything else. Thank you. I would be bringing – that's that's all I would bring up. If I had if I'd ever striked out Aaron Judge, I'd be bringing that up constantly. Uh, well, he is a stud, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel you are different this time around? Well, you know, you learn the game of baseball. In reality, it's obviously um, – my point is, is is that it's the same game, right? And so for me, there's a lot of distractions that come, you know, the, the higher levels that you get, especially at the major league level. And you got to be mature enough to be able to deal with those. And it's for any level that people progress towards, a high school kid going to college, college kid going to professional, whatever – um, so for me, was able to just you know focus on the things that I could control, um, staying um, focused and thinking about the things that I needed to get done, and not being distracted by all the outside influences. Taylor Cole with us on BYU Sports Nation, a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Where were you, and how did you find out that you had been called back up to the Halos? Oh man, where was I? Um, we were actually in Reno. Um, I was in the bullpen out there in Reno. And uh, it was mid-game, actually, and uh, radio down, uh, you know, the call came in and they said, hey, um, Cole and uh, Paredes, Paredes is, a, is another uh, relief pitcher. They said, come to the dugout in the middle of the game. So in between innings, we walked in the dugout and coach said, hey, go inside, get your stuff. You guys are going to Anaheim. Congratulations. So, what in the world? In the <laughs> middle of a game? <laughs> in the middle in the middle of the game. So, you know, and that happens quite often, actually, because, you know, we, had, we were playing at 7 o'clock. And those Pacific Coast League games can go very long because the runs, you know, it's a hitter's league, you know, and yes. these, these games are 10 to 8 often, you know. So, they, they, hey, we had to catch like a 11 o'clock flight, so we had to get out of there quick. It's funny, Taylor, that you bring up Reno because there was a skunk issue on the field <laughs> during a AAA game between Tacoma and the Reno Aces. Uh, Adam Law, yes, former Cougar, in that game. We understand that you may have a better skunk story than that. Well, I don't know if it's better. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I was in New Hampshire, uh, and there was a, a family of skunks, and uh, one of them started getting out during the game, and you could see this whole section on the left field line over by kind of uh, you know third base um, was just completely removed it was just it was kind of a, a, a full st- i don't know how busy it was but it was just there was nobody over there and then you had this guy running around trying to get the skunk and then when he got it it sprayed and so uh it, it was a quite a um a story because yeah i mean you could smell it you can smell it the rest of the game Ugh. um and then just seeing the guy you know go crazy was it was, it was just a, a funny experience all the way around would you like some some skunk information some skunk facts <laughs> A, yeah, let's hear it. A baby I, I, yeah. skunk is called a kit. Okay. 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 And a group of skunks is called a surfeit. <laughs> a surfeit. Yeah. So 
You know, there you go. we not only entertain, we inform. Yeah, not on, now when you tell that story, you can say a surfeit of skunks <laughs> evacuated. And everybody's going to say, what? Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> Taylor Cole with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great stuff. Uh, he was recently called up to pitch for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What's the biggest difference between AAA baseball and then the highest level in the majors? Um, I would say the... My wife actually asked me this question the other day, and, and uh, it, it would be the adjustments that the major, people in the major leagues make um, as a whole, as a team. And I don't know if it's because of the scouting reports are better or what, but it just seems that the person that is able to make the in-game adjustment is going to win, right, and is going to be successful, and you have to be able to adjust. And so, um, yeah, I've seen, like, you know, different, different hitters uh, take different approaches, uh, even teams that have never seen me, I can see that you know maybe they have a game game plan or whatever. So yeah, just just the adjustments that they are able to make um, on the fly and during the game. You've obviously been through this process. You're now in the major leagues. A couple of former Cougars just this past June, just you know a little over a month and a half ago, were drafted. Uh, BYU catcher David Clawson drafted by the Angels, ironically enough, in the 37th round. Uh, you had Daniel Schneeman, uh, the BYU shortstop, taken by the Cleveland Indians. What advice do you have for guys like that that are beginning their professional journeys? Well, I actually read this uh, in, a, in a Sports Illustrated article that was uh, shared with me. Uh, it was regarding the Seeger brothers. Um, and, uh, you know, um, they were told, the, the older brother was telling uh, Corey, he said, hey, you know, just make sure you make every single uh, level your major leagues. And uh, that's really important because a lot of times we can think about, you know, getting to the next level. You know, if you're in low A, you want to get to high A and, you know, you always think, oh, man, my, my brother or my buddies are all in AAA. I need to get there, you know. And it was like that with me for a lot. Hey, all my friends are in the major leagues. And, I, you know, it could weigh a lot on you. And so for me to make every level your major leagues, uh, it keeps you in the present moment. It keeps you focused on what's important. Taylor, always nice to catch up with you. And uh, enjoy the rest of the All-Star break. Uh, I believe Houston comes to town on Friday night. And I hope you feel the support and the love from BYU Sports Nation. I know a lot of people are really excited about watching you perform at the highest level. Uh, you guys have been great. I really appreciate it. All right, Taylor. Thanks, we'll talk Taylor. again soon. All right. Thank you. Taylor Cole on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. A surfeit of skunks. <laughs> I hope that's how you say it. <laughs> Is it a surfeit? Or a- Sur- well, S-U-R-F-E-I-T. I don't know. I don't. Maybe the T is silent. A surfei. I don't. I have no idea. A surfei. That skunks. seems too classy for a skunk. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, you've had a couple this couple of uh, <laughs> things this week that have I will never forget the the bloy basket, ADA bloy, and the surfei of skunks. I don't know. Hey, the Cougar Whip Around is coming up. One NFL team, their veterans are reporting to camp, and that includes a couple of Cougars. BYU football needs a survey of leaders. <laughs> that is for sure. More of your responses to our question of the day. Who is the leader or who are the leaders of this BYU football team in 2018? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. 
We've produced a surfeit of BYU Sports <laughs> Nation shows. Shout out to today's oh, guest, man. Taylor Cole. He was outstanding. Sorry, Dennis Petta, we ran out of time, but we hope you'll join us soon. Yes. If you missed any part of today's show, specifically the skunk talk portion, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. The Doak Walker Award watch list was announced this morning, and BYU Squally Canada was on it. This is Canada's first time being listed as a major preseason being listed on a major preseason award watch list. Also, Tanner Mangum was named to somewhat of an award watch list. The All-State and AFCA included him in their 2018 Good Works Team nominees. Congratulations. Cougars in the NFL. Bronson Kafusi and Kaina Kua report to Baltimore Ravens training camp. Former Cougars, along with the rest of the Ravens veterans, joined the team's rookies who reported to camp last week. Both players are not guaranteed roster spots. Bronson going to make the team. Kai, we'll see. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law was four for five, including two doubles and a three-run home run in the Tacoma Rainiers. Ten to nine loss to the Reno Aces. This was Law's first four-hit game since back in 2016. Law right now six for ten, five RBI, and three runs scored through the first two games of the four-game series. Jacob Brugman, working for my Orioles franchise, two for five with a solo home run in the Bowie Bay Sox seven to five win over the Altoona Curve. Brugman, 5 for 12, Hello. four runs scored, and two solo home runs since returning from the DL. This is the Maldorado show. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it today? How about we give it to uh, the major leaguer we just talked to, Taylor Cole? Yes. Not only that, but his story about the surfeit. Yes, and we found clarification. Surfeit is the correct pronunciation. Pepe Le Pew thinks that's awesome. The elite voice of the day at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar on Twitter. For who's going to be the leader on the BYU football team? Mo Longy will come into his own. He'll go where he wants. Anytime they decide to put him in on fourth, it's going to be fourth and oh no, it's Mo. Hey, the show always on demand. BYUSN.com. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to number 45, Rocky Beagle. 45 days away from game one.